time for the Daily Review, a podcast dedicated to reviews and discussion of TV, movies, and books. Look for us at Daily Review on Facebook and Twitter and dailyreview.com on the web. That's D-A-L-E-Y review.com. This is Paul Daly here with my wife, Caroline. Hey, guys. And my son, Jack. hey yo. And tonight we're here to discuss Netflix's new show, This one is called Disenchantment. It's brought to you by Matt Groening, the same guy behind both The Simpsons and Futurama. This show is uh, different from those. It takes place in a fantasy world. Uh, Right, as opposed to Futurama, which is like totally based in reality. Well, fantasy in like (laughs) in the sense of like the all the trappings of the fantasy genre, you know, the the elves, the gnomes, the ogres, that kind of stuff. Sure. Magic, demons, what have you. Although I would say that all of those things have sort of infiltrated his other shows, right? I mean, they definitely had creatures of other sorts in Futurama. And and I mean, there was other sort of like similar characters even. Like I remember in The Simpsons, remember the little happy time elf thing? Yeah, the happy little elves. Yeah. yeah they mean, look exactly like elf. They do. <laughs> and so like there, it's interesting because I absolutely see like the mashup of so many of the different shows. What did you think, Jack? It was like scribbledy, scrabbledy, screw it. So what did you think of the idea of disenchantment, Jack? Like the idea of this is different than The Simpsons. How did you see it as different? Well, the way I see it, I mean, it's like some girl beating up a dragon, but the demon, he was easy to draw with black paint and an eye. I mean, is that all he is? I I was fortunate enough at Comic-Con to be able to sit at a table with Matt Groening and listen to him talk a little bit about the show. And that was one thing that he was actually just kind of tickled about. Was, what was? Was the idea of making Lucy this, um, in, you know, the show is obviously two-dimensional, right? Uh-huh. And he's sort of one-dimensional. He doesn't, he just is a black spot that just kind of changes shape depending on, well, it's just like a silhouette and that's it. He he thought that that was just like wonderful because <laughs> it didn't match anything that he'd ever done before, you know? Yeah. Well, well, delving into that just a little bit, um, I, I, I definitely want to talk about how it's different than The Simpsons and Futurama. So let's go to that first. So one of the ways that I feel like it's very different was, of course, the language and the topics that they tackled. I feel like, you know, there's definitely sex jokes in Futurama, certainly. Um, and there's and there's definitely sort of like innuendo in Simpsons. Yeah. But this was overt. I mean, there was nothing about this that was remotely trying to be like, uh, we're just making an adult a- adult joke here, but kids could be watching this at the same time. We'll give a little caveat and say that Jack's almost 15. And so for us, we felt like, you know, he has seen The Simpsons. He has seen Futurama. He's he is familiar with with language like this enough to be able to sort of like ignore some of it and think that some of it's funny. So we're going to cover this show for the whole first season's worth of episodes, but I'm going to try to limit my uh, finger waving. I was at Comic-Con and you weren't stuff just, oh, no. feel just free. to this episode. No, no, no. Um, feel free. There's a, I, I don't feel bad. Like you definitely like tell us like what we're missing. You're not missing anything. Okay, but let's focus in on just the language. So they talk about topics that they don't really talk about on Simpsons, right? Like they talked about sex like a lot in for a cartoon, wouldn't you think? 
Yeah. There was also drugs, thanks to Snake Root. You're exactly right. They brought up drugs. Now, drugs have come up in The Simpsons, certainly, but they tend to have it be like kind of a little bit more hidden even. You know, I mean, it was maybe the Or Indian very overt. Peyote like or... Psychedelic-like stuff. You know, American Dad, for instance, does uh, weed jokes all the time, but they're very innuendo-y kind of things where it's just kind of potheads doing pothead talking, but they don't actually show them smoking pot or anything like sure. that. Whereas in The Simpsons, it's like, you know, you see their, their pupils go crazy and the colors go wild. Yeah, and- always. Those are my least favorite episodes. And that, and that is, um, we're going to talk about episodes one through three um, all in one podcast here because of sort of how the arc goes and, and what happens in it. And, and also, I mean, of course, it's it not to be little cartoon content or animated content at all. But in this case, I felt like, um, you know, we could we could cover three episodes in one conversation and have it not be too much to cover. They described their approach to that kind of PG-13 R-rated content as taking the sensibility that that fans would have come to have recognized by watching The Simpsons and Futurama and then taking advantage of the streaming platform and pushing it just like one notch further. They weren't looking to to make Yeah, they didn't heavy say metal swears. or something. I mean, at least at this point they haven't said swears. And even when it comes to uh, the topic of sex, they haven't been it has still been danced around. I mean, they haven't said yeah. anything it totally, but like we're on The Simpsons, it might end with you know Marge and, and Homer kissing a little bit and the lights going out. This was like even you know the next step, but well, beyond at, that, at Comic Con it was Matt Groening and Josh Weinstein, the the his co executive producer on this, who was a showrunner on The Simpsons for several seasons. And Groening said, "Well, we do have nudity," and Weinstein says, "Yeah, but it's no one you want to see." <laughs> he says, "It's like King Zog's butt." <laughs> or something like that. Hmm, okay, yeah. But they do Bart's butt. So, you know, it's it's just taking that that kind of familiar I feel like I've seen the mayor's butt. Gro- right, right. I think I think so too. In the Simpsons. Yeah. For sure. Like I think he's just wearing the sash and they show him from behind. The humor in this felt closer to Futurama than the Simpsons somehow. With the Simpsons, I always laugh a lot more than ever I would whenever I watch Futurama. I'm not sure why that is exactly. And this felt to me, like the best jokes they saved for like the one-offs and things like that, the things that were like integral to the plot, that wasn't so funny to me. But the other stuff, like the like the just little throwaway lines that would that just happen in just just before the scene cuts or something like that, those always seemed the the funniest to me. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I definitely think that the actual setup itself wasn't funny. And a little bit I wondered if this was an idea that that had been put forth a long time ago. You're onto something. Especially prior to Me Too, especially prior to a lot more of the sort of women's rights. I mean, I don't think that a lot of this stuff plays as smoothly, you know, a lot of this do what I say, the the king yelling shut up at her at one point. Like, I don't think you're going to get a lot of female audience viewers with a lot of this stuff, even with Elfo being just lusting after her and just all those things. I mean, I think the audience, what we could kind of get to is meant to be maybe what do you think? Maybe college and aged guys, maybe high school guys. 
there's not enough to it right now. I feel that, at, and this is only episode one through three. I don't feel like it's layered enough to say, oh, but there's all this art and history and literature layers and all these things. Only I'm just speaking of these first three episodes where I feel like I'm like, oh my God, you could get out a book and you could find like 25 different Shakespeare references and whatever in this. I think, I don't think this is a spoiler because they talked about it at Comic-Con and this may be totally wrong. So when we, you know, when we get to the end of this, we might be able to go, and Paul said this in the first episode and was totally wrong. But I think at some point we're not going to have Zog anymore and that someone needs to run the kingdom and it's going to be her. So it is kind of moving her from teenage brat, basically, at this point. And that would be true if she was boy or girl, depend just, just going off of her behavior. Yeah. To monarch, you know, and that's that that is, um, I guess, a more progressive right. way to look at it. Yeah, sure. If that's and, true, could be totally wrong. <laughs> well, and and I I can definitely go along with that. I mean, obviously, there's you know, like there's they I mean they they blatantly said the line like, doesn't everyone have a point in their life when they need to figure out who they need to be and what they're supposed to do and all that kind of stuff. So, like to me, that is like end of high school, college age. Like to me, mm -hmm. like if you're zoning in on a person, maybe early twenties, you know, whatever. But like, if you, if you're going to say that line exactly to me, I feel like you're spelling out who you're talking to. Well, given the medium, the cartoon on a streaming service, it's like you're taking everyone older than us and saying, we don't care if you watch or not. <laughs> you know, and then work backwards down to maybe this rite of passage age that you're talking about. What age, Jack, do you think would be a good match for watching this show? 14 by judging TV 14. And then like to what age range? Like 14 year olds up to like what age do you think would enjoy it? Up to 18. You think so? So to you, you think it's like 14 to 18 year olds are like probably who they're looking to entertain? Well, if you count it as TVMA, that'd be like 18 to 35. Mm, okay. 18 to 35 is a prized demographic it in television. Is. It certainly is. Okay, well, let's like dive in a little bit more here. Let's start, start talking right from the first scene. I, from what I understand, and I've heard this many times, not just out of my husband's mouth, from many news sources that the very first scene was supposed to have some sort of clue in it that was supposed to give us some idea to some mystery that we didn't know was a mystery yet when you first start watching. Um, yeah, Graining had said something that the first thing you see is some giant clue to some question you didn't even know to ask. And then the next question was, well, do you mean in the credits or do you mean in the show? And he just was like, mm -hmm. So uh, here's what I saw. I mean, I, I was going with the very first scene you actually saw. And by that, I just mean anything that comes on the screen. What I saw was a guy laying face down on a bed. That's what I saw as, yeah. as the first scene that I saw. Did you see something different? And well, I'm saying guy, I think it looked like a human guy to me. Not like it was Elfo, not like it was Lucy, not like it was her. It looked to me like a guy. Okay, so there's that first thing. Mm -hmm. And then the other first thing is with the episode starts. Uh -huh. And that is from behind the castle looking at the sun coming up over the water. Your scene has more story to it, I think. You know, whereas mine is just an establishing shot, you know. Seems that way. You could have forgotten the credits. 
forgotten to watch it or even skipped the intro. And so a lot of people could have missed that, you know, secret clue, you know? And so in a way it gets you to watch the credits and everything at the beginning. I don't have any context either, but I am leaning towards the very first scene you actually see, which happens to be a part of the credits. Yeah. That's where I'm leaning. That makes more interest for me. I think so. And I think it's a little bit more hidden, you know, like it's a little bit shoved in there in a way that's like, I don't know, more secret. If it is something important that comes back at some point, then it is that it has it's more valuable to be that sort of thing that just is like always been under your nose. You've seen it and pressed skip intro every yeah. time you've watched the show, but it's always been there. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, I think to me that makes sense. So we're on to you. I, well, of. I hope so. <laughs> it would be nice if we were. What did both of you guys, what did you guys think of the type of animation that we saw? Like when we first got that establishing shot of the castle outside, what did you think about that? The way that the scene looked? 3D. Yeah, 3D came to mind. It looked really crisp. Yeah, highly crisp. I mean, if you count the tower, you covered it in boards. I mean, it's like that thing got recycled with old nooses that just broke down. Did you like it? Was it something that you enjoyed seeing? Or did you wish it looked like the old Simpsons drawing? I like the computer animation they used on Futurama and also... The time they used it on the Simpsons movie, and the time they used it on that Japanese dream he and Kamiku's father dreamed of, thanks to that snake wine. I also liked the style of animation in that they, it's like they took, you know, some someone that knows more about it than, than me might be able to say, no, it's the exact same process. But it looks to me like they took the process that they had been using to do what Jack just said, which was put 3D things into Futurama and the Simpsons. I think they went a little bit further with it. You know, I think it looked so much more realistic to me than anything I've seen in their animation so far. Usually they take like like, I don't know, like a a city block or or just like one thing that they need to be just geometrically perfect as it like turns or something like that. Right. Animate that. And this was like this this town. There There were kind of several things that reminded me about Game of Thrones a little bit. So that little town reminded me of of uh, of King's Landing a little bit. I when I see that style of drawing, I start to think of like the pages from like a Dungeons and Dragons manual or something like that, the way that those are drawn or were drawn like 20 years ago. Okay. And those drawing those even though it was 3D animated, it looked just like that with like little cracks in the in the in the windowsills and and the wood being not perfect and all that kind of stuff. And I just enjoyed those little tiny details they put in there that weren't in those previous examples, the Simpsons and the Futurama are usually very perfect geometric things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that they chose to do it with the castle shot like that because they reused that shot a bunch of times. Every time when we were coming back to the kingdom, you know, we would end up using that same exact scene. The birds were flying. The water was flowing. Everything looked the same. So they got a lot of miles off of that one shot you know Mm -hmm. in a good way maybe they're waiting to see what kind of feedback they get maybe they'll you know be encouraged to you know do more i know that the name of the land is dreamland so maybe they're really trying to give it this very fairy tale-esque oh my god is that it is this is the sleeping guy dreaming up dreamland Uh uh-oh if that's it uh (laughs) uh-oh did he just figure it out That would be crazy. That would be crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It is dreamland. So what do you think, Jack? Is that the whole key to the whole thing? Is the man laying on the bed actually dreaming this whole thing? Uh, What man are you talking about? Is this live action for the man? What did it look like with the man? It was just a man that was like the silhouette of a man laying on a bed. Was it a live action man? No, it was not a live action man. I was told. Silhouette animated. Then, yes, I 
think of it that way. I mean, no wonder they call it Dreamland. Maybe. Freaky. Our introduction to Princess Bean, a.k.a. what is what was her? Tia, Tia Bina? That Tia Beanie. Tia Beanie. Okay, Princess Tia Beanie, her, her, her more familiar name is Bean. This first scene... Uh, it seemed to me that that she wanted to cause a fight. It wasn't that she wanted to win that card game. She was cheating. So it was I think she just wanted to, to cause mayhem. And that was it. OK, I could go with that. You know, it really actually made me think of what was I supposed to think about this girl? Because it's it is one thing to be clever and win a game and and be sort of like smart and um I don't know, like even conniving or whatever, but she was just like snotty, you know, she was yeah. just like, you know, three me's and burps like Barney and just totally like leaves. Like to me, I actually, I got like a really bad first impression of her, not like, oh, she's like a funny, like, um, I don't know. Do you remember? Okay. This is going to sound so weird. Do you remember like in say Maverick? Remember that card game? Sure. Mel Gibson. Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster was clever. She wasn't a cheater, you know? She was clever, right? Yeah. So there's all kinds of ways you can cheat, like counting cards or, or I don't know, knowing tells and stuff about... There's clever ways to cheat. Then there's just, like, weird burp in your face, you know, call yourself yeah. out as, like, a princess, so therefore you win. I, I don't... I got a bad first impression of her. How did you feel, Jack? Did you like Bean when when the show started? Or did you think like, boy, she's kind of a bratty snot? Well, she needed to get away from her parents more often. I mean, imagine that vampire wife. Well, we don't think she's a vampire, but she behaves like one, talks like one. But she's mostly a rep. She's like reptilicus. Yeah. Well, so, but what did you think about Bean? Like, as a person, like, that she, like, cheated in that card game and stuff. Like, was she, like, great and you thought she was cool? Or did you think she was weird? Or what did you think about her? Well, I thought she was badass. Wow. That's big well, words out of a little mouth. Well. I don't know well. that we we uh, gave license to uh, <laughs> language like that. So, uh, right. okay. We're going to have to reel it in there. You weren't handing out Daily the, Junior. the BA right. certifications. I didn't know we were giving out BAs. Okay. Well, so you, you think she's a BA? Oh, yeah. Okay, Bean's a real BA. Yeah, well, I I thought she was just starting trouble to start trouble. Like she didn't, she clearly doesn't need the money. She didn't care. She didn't try to gather up any of the money. You know, mm -hmm. she was going to give away her crown. She didn't care. So I think she just liked the the. Well, she was never going to give away her crown because she was always going to say she won. So she so she didn't have any money in the game. You know, even her right, crown. You know, right. yeah. So I don't know. I just she you guys know if you listen to Daily Review and I know many of you guys do, uh, you know, I'm going to harp on the same thing. Like like if I need my characters to be they can be crafty. They can even be kind of slimy in the way that they do things. But it has to be smart. It can't just be crappy to be crappy. You know, those characters are not compelling. Maybe that's part of the deal with her is that she and I don't know how to defend this, but maybe she's not necessarily smart you know maybe she's i definitely don't think that she's starting off from a place where we think that she is this dynamic kid with all these ideas and dreams and she's just being shackled with this destiny it's like kind of quite the opposite she seems um 
directionless and just sort of like fighting against the man, but not because she has her, she wants to grow up and, you know, be a whatever, you know, figure skater or whatever, a doctor, a surgeon, the president of the, you know, the world or whatever. It's not that. It's just she just doesn't want to do what her dad is saying she has to do. What is that thing she doesn't want to do for these first couple of episodes, Jack? She didn't want to be queen. She didn't want to get married. She didn't want to do anything her father wanted her to. Very true. Her dad isn't a great guy. No, I think that one of the most telling lines is like when he goes, I tried everything, yelling, screaming, everything. <laughs> right. And it was like, yeah, that that makes sense. And I mean, and they set her up to be sympathetic in that her mom Dagmar died. And so that seemed, you know, like, okay, she's, they made it out like she was a more driven person or whatever, a better person overall before her mom died. And then now mm. she had sort of soured after that. Maybe, he said maybe the, something like, you know, it was once her mom died. You maybe know, the king was that. too. Maybe he was. Maybe he was a much better person. And he obviously, he has this stepwife, but. I mean, I don't how do you get anybody... to be the king of dreamland being Zog? And like yelling and stuff and being so grouchy. Right. Right? Right. Like, what would you expect the king of dreamland to be like? I don't know. He should be more drunken, more tough, oafish. The king of dreamland would be like Santa Claus. He would be like kind and wonderful. This is dreamland, right? So well, what do you think a king of dreamland should be like? Like Gandalf. Oh, okay. So what kind of characteristics would he have? Nice, bearded, respectful. Then the mother would have been more meaner. Uh, yeah, okay. So I, I agree. Like, what do you, what would you think he would have been like, Paul? I think Santa Claus, some version of Santa Claus. Jolly, giving. Uh, yeah, generous. The sort of guy that would have a feast for the whole kingdom. Yeah. You know, organizes parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Now, I mean, we did get a little bit of like a glimpse into what's going on with Dreamland in that they said that the reason why they needed to marry into the with this other kingdom was because while they were rich on tradition, they were not traditionally rich. Yes. Like it sounded like they did not have a lot of assets. So yeah. sometimes we've learned that people, when they when their backs up against the wall with bills and whatnot, perhaps they're not so nice. Maybe he was a nice guy, and then now that things are getting so desperate, maybe this is why his personality is not so good. This is more, uh, more, more reminiscent of Game of Thrones a little bit, like like how they come rolling in with the spinner rims on their coach. You I know? was going to ask you about that. Is that is that a thing? Well, I mean, that's a thing in our world. But when right? they, when they get out and they say that they're brother and sister, that's yes. definitely a Game of Thrones. Obviously, thing, I liked it when know? they were said they, they said the son slash nephew. <laughs> right, that was the funny. Little, the little uh, courtier guy. Um, he comes up and he has some of the best lines in the whole thing, you know, throughout the the whole sequence where they're involved. He uh, when he said he was like the hero of the time that like the bird got in the house or something. Right, right. <laughs> super funny. Right, super funny. That was a good line. Love it. So, I mean, did you guys think that uh, they did reuse a little bit of Simpsons jokes? Oh yes, they did. So, what were some that you guys caught? Well, let's see. Right away, there was the uh, whores rouge ladies leech. That was just a variation of whores use rouge uh, ladies, pinch. ladies pinch from yeah. uh, Mrs. Bouvier. 
Yep. Marge's mom used to say that. Yes. The Barney Belch. Yeah, um, totally. And other sight gags. The happy elves. I mean, like we said, that was obviously Elfo. Like that was to me like the, the almost the same drawing. Or the uh, or the falling down the the, the the side of the hill. I mean, yeah. Homer Homer falls down stuff all the time and, and they always give it a good 30 seconds or something before he finally right, he's like bottom. donk right. donk donk no yeah. yeah that's true and then he's like no one can su- could survive a tumble like that right and he just goes running away or did you notice there was that short scene in the second episode where you know they've run away again mm-hmm. and so they gotta go find him again and uh the there's like a jester that says something like and you're going to get a bub kiss or something. And then everyone turns and looks at him. He does this arm kind of jive move. Yeah. Like kind of like a little like, yeah. I, I think the there's a guy at the old folks home that does that move. Jasper. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Again, just a sight gag that, yeah. that I associate with. Well, with Jack, Simpsons. you definitely caught something with Elfo that reminded you of The Simpsons. Well, Bart Simpson's clothes. Yes. Yeah. So what what does he wear? A red short and blue shirt. Shorts. I also kind of feel like even the stepmom, I've seen like some sort of version of her, the way that her face was drawn. I can't explain, but there's something about that. I, I, I'm sure of it that I've seen something. Her, She's voiced by Tress McNeil. Uh-huh. If you, if you watch the credits for The Simpsons, she, Tress McNeil doesn't play any of the main characters, obviously. We know them. But she she shows up on that second list of, like, people that play a bunch of other people. Okay. Sort of the Hank Azarias of the of the cast. Yeah. And I, I wonder if you could find, like, a connection to... Another character. Another character. To me, there's a, there is a character of The Simpsons that's drawn very Morticia-like... And I, I mean, maybe it was a Halloween episode. Maybe it was something They've like that. They've done Elvira. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, there, but there was something. Well, let's move on to some of our other characters. So we covered Bean and we covered King Zorg a little bit. We've even covered stepmom Una. King Zog. Sorry, King Zog. Pardon me. He is played by, what was his name? John DiMaggio. Who, yeah. Who's more famous for being Bender uh, from oh, Futurama. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I guess he, I we got to see him in person at, at Comic-Con and he's... He's kind of the guy you'd expect to be the voice of these guys. He's a just, but 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 a more good-hearted looking person, you know, just a big kind, the big guy, bearded guy, that kind of bearing. But that's funny. But instead, he plays these these <laughs> characters you probably wouldn't want to be around in, in real life. So, Jack, when they first introduced Elfo, what was Elfo's world like? All happy, all Keebler. Very little keeper. Willy Wonka with Oompa Loompas. Very, very. He uh, he worked on an assembly line. What were they making? Candy. Candy. And there was that girl, that one elf. Her name was... Um, Kissy. Kissy. What was her job? Pre-wrapping and kissing the boxes. <laughs> but, he, but she ends up kissing Alpha. Oh, my God. At the conveyor belt. That was outrageous. Did that- any of you wonder why her name was Kissy, but everyone else's name ended, ended in O? I don't know. Do you have an answer? I don't know. Because there was like Shaco, Elfo, um, Levo, guys, Returno. Okay, hold up. Okay, Levo, hilarious. Returno, extra hilarious. But my favorite was definitely Shaco. He's like, what? <laughs> that was like <laughs> so funny to me. So funny. What yeah, was y'all's yeah. favorite? Did you guys have a favorite elf? Did you like the elf king? Did you guys like, what? Shaco was probably the the funniest. Who'd you love of the of the 
elf people. Or weirdo. I liked Weirdo the Elf. Weirdo was so gross. Oh, my God. Okay, so we get this sort of, um, you know, his situation is that he's the misfit elf, right? He's the he's the Herbie dentist. He's the Rudolph the reindeer, right? Yeah, he he's wants to go a, where people are miserable. He well, not more, I know he, he said, says that, but I think that you know we all get it right. Grass is greener on the other side, right? Yeah. So even even when you live in a world of candy and everything is like wonderful and everyone's happy all the time, it just makes you want to be in a place where you know. I liked the, all their descriptors. Did you guys catch all those adjectives, Jack? He wanted to taste salty tears. He wanted to taste. I love, yeah, the king was like salt and vinegar and mustard. These are horrible things or whatever he said. When, uh, anchovies. Anchovies, yeah. Did you did you catch any of the other adjectives he used, Jack? He was like salty tears and the. He also wanted bitter truths. He also wanted sour. I mean, he wanted to see miserable lives. Yeah. Why do you think he was like that? I mean, he doesn't want to be jolly all the time. I mean, since he was kissing Kissy, he's she claims her him as naughty. Yeah. So I guess I mean he just wanted to have like, you know, a more well rounded life, right? Not just be one way all the time. You know, this is funny. It reminds me of um there's this quiz that goes around Facebook all the time that's like you can pick two of these things, right? And one's always like be happy all the time. Another one's like money, another one's whatever, right? And almost everybody I know picks be happy all the time. And I feel a little like Elfo where I'm like, that's mental illness if you're happy all the time. Like, I, I appreciate, I mean, I, I want to be happy, but but I want to, or maybe the right word is I want to be like appropriately responding to the situation, you know? I mean, if someone's dying, I don't want to be laughing. You know, if somebody's hurt, I don't want to be smiling, you know? Like, I think that that's like a funny... Uh, like one of those wishes that would backfire on you to be happy all the time. Maybe this is going to turn out to be like this huge meta experience watching Disenchantment. And Elfo sees through the lie for some reason because he points out that they make candy to get paid in candy. And that so they're, it's like Elfwood is like. Oh, it's not Elfwood. It's Elm. They live elm? in the Elm. So it's Elmo is where he lives. Okay. That's his home. Well, Elmwood then is like this very just, you know, whoever is dreaming this just thought it up very quickly. You know, they're just doing their thing. Uh, they have a they have an economy that runs on candy, apparently. And like, that's it. And Elfo's like, wait a second. If we make the candy, why do we need to get paid in candy? Why would not we just take the candy and that'd be that? You know, so maybe that maybe maybe there's something more to his character That'll that'll come later. That he's. I always like a character like this that is like a little bit like so new to the planet that you get to have that whole experience of like, what's this? What's that? And you know, they kind of question things that we all take for granted all the time. You know, like why do you do that? Why do you do this? You know, like walking into wedding and being like, "Hi, I'm Alpha. What are all of your names?" And like we all know, like that's not appropriate. But it's like funny because in other situations, you're like, "Well, when you meet a group of people, you should introduce yourself and ask their names." But it's like not in that situation, you shouldn't. Some of that, some of that ground was was trod a little pretty recently by Elf. Remember how Elf mm-hmm. uh, with Will Ferrell he acted, right? Like you remember that movie? Yeah, he was a human for an elf. 
in the North Pole. But do you remember how when he came to the to like New York City, do you remember how he acted about everything? Ridiculous. Yeah, but like what was so funny about it that everything was like happy and brand new to him, right? Yeah. So every single thing, like he was like, this is spaghetti, you know, and he like poured all the sugar on it. And, you know, like I think the fish out of water kind of story like that. Yeah. That works for me in a lot of ways. It's very E.T. It's very funny to have E.T. put the hat on and the pearls and the lipstick. And, you know, it's very funny to have him like play with the speak and say thing and, um, you know, all that stuff. Was that right? Speak and say. Speak and spell. Something like that. Spell and speak. Say and sue. What, <laughs> say and what was the name of his character? <laughs> His name was like Billy or whatever. He was what are you talking about? The elf character. Of what? An elf. Oh, what was his name in elf? Buddy. 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 Right. He answers the phone and says, this is Buddy. What's your favorite color? <laughs> See? And that's the thing. Like, And that kind of stuff, that cracks me up. But that childlike part of it, like, that is something that everybody misses. You know? I was just joking. We, I've been watching Chop Jr. like all the time. And there's this one little eight-year-old, I was telling Paul, that he was like cutting up stuff. And Chef Ramsey... Gordon Ramsay, who was like one of the most like feared chefs out there, especially amongst like these little chopped contestants and or it's master chef. I'm so sorry. Master chef. And he like bends down and the little boy like wraps his hand and like puts it on the side of Gordon Ramsay's face. And it caught Gordon Ramsay so off guard that he just like laughed for like five minutes. He was still walking away laughing because it was like that childlike wonder part to it that when you can add in. I think that always works. Like there's there's something that is very real about that. That's not fictitious. There is a time when we were all that small and we really did be like, what is purple? You know, like, what are you talking about? Like, I want to know everything. And in a show like this, having that person who is equally new to this world, I mean, his world, we would also not really understand, but he's new to this world and he's relatable. And so we get to see it through his eyes, not just through this, because he's a lot more likable than the princess, basically. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Did you like him better than Bean? Yes. Yeah. What I, I totally liked his village that he lived in because it totally reminded me of that cartoon Gummy Bears. Remember they had like all those like little like, um, like pulley systems and all the little like devices and things that like ran on like ropes and buckets and all that kind of crap. <laughs> right. I, I love that crap. Like I love it when they show me some weird little primitive animal elfy fairyland and all these like wacky ways that they get things to work. I think that's always so fun. Do you like that stuff, Jack? Yes. Can you think of, of another show that you've seen that where they use anything like that? Treehouse Cookies. But I'm also thinking of... Return of the Jedi. Ewoks. Yeah, Ewoks. Totally yes. Ewoks, right? Yeah, Ewoks the series too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And to an extent, Monchichis. Oh my God, with the Monchichis. How cute. Next to the biscuits. What? <laughs> You're so funny. That's really a show. Uh, is what? What is really a show? The Biscuits. What's the biscuits? You know, those tiny little dogs made by Hanna-Barbera. No, I didn't know about this show. They got treasure. I mean, there's this king one. They get the treasure, but they're it's protected by the pups. Oh, my God. Well, this is something to put on the hit list, huh? Yeah, well, you know, maybe. Well, so Elfo decides to take off, right? And he totally, like, pulls that lever. And, Jack, I know you're dying to say the line of what he said, huh? Yes. What did he say? He said, scribbledy, scribbledy, screw it. <laughs> and he totally pulled the lever, takes off, and the first step out into the real world, he gets snatched by a hawk, right? Right. That little bit kind of reminded me of Flanders, right? With the diddly. Oh, yeah. Oakley-doakley. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, yeah. Because in a way, Ned would fit right in to Elm would right and I just, think it's just elmo elmo that's, that's what a- was funny because he kept saying because he says he goes okay elmo and he goes elmo's where i live i'm elfo because i lived in the elm oh. that's what he said i don't know i think it's a whole elmo joke elmo well, the little well, muppety guy yeah whatever the case i did like the troll ogre war i thought or not the troll i'm sorry i did like the gnome ogre war i kind of thought that was funny with yeah. the, right with those gnomes Liked how they screamed. I mean, it was like <laughs> they're so tiny. I mean, it was like better than screaming goats. Better than screaming goats. Did you? I mean, what was their ammo? Exploding mushrooms. Exploding mushrooms. What the trolls just had knives. That wasn't, or I'm sorry, whatever they were, ogre things. Yeah. Well, the and their size, but it was unexpected to see the gnomes overwhelm them and, and that I know, and just, it like just fight to a standstill like right. into his belly with exploding mushrooms how funny and silly yep what yep. did you guys think about the scene when elfo comes across that like peasant house and he's gonna like eat dinner with them it stood out as like extraneous to me <laughs> it was odd right and the people acted like i mean i guess they're supposed to represent like Quakers or Amish people or yeah. something, and yes, you know they got. were being so kind as to open their doors, but then they were like so weirded out by him. For that scene to make sense, I got to see them some other time. I hope that they do come along. You know what I mean? Because that yeah. scene just interrupted his journey to the to the castle. Basically, you know? maybe it's just like though the idea that it was his first sort of like dip into. A world that was so unlike his, like it was kind of him to be complimentary in his world, right? You say like, oh, this is delicious to like whatever you're eating, right? Yeah. But in our world, there are a whole section of people who like don't take compliments well and they act super weird and they are super apologetic and they don't want you to notice them or compliment them or say anything to them like they would rather die honest to god and so i do think that they are representing a sect of society that elfo would have never run across before you definitely know people who would like to run and hide when you say like oh your hair looks nice today they're like "Ah!" and they certainly don't ever say like thank you they're like oh no it looks like crap you know like (laughs) how they were saying you know yeah so, I mean, it is sort of like a silly, you know, cartoonish version of that. So let's zip over to the, the wedding ceremony itself with Prince Giesbert is what I have in my notes. Do you guys have something different than Prince Giesbert? Uh, I'll go with Giesbert. That thing that he impales his brains on. That's, I mean, that's, that's the Iron Thrones, Throne, right? right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, yeah, definitely Iron Throne. So in the process of creating um, the, the the wedding day here, there's all these presents. And I totally want to talk about the intro of Lucy. Oh, sure. We can't Jack, skip that. what did you think about the of, of Lucy, this character? Well, we all know he's a demon. I mean, he likes to live forever except for a sacrifice on that volcano in episode three. I am so intrigued by this little guy. Paul and I have been dabbling in virtual reality and we totally came into this virtual reality world and there was this little cat with a little bow tie on named Bun Bun. <laughs> Lucy reminds me of Bun Bun so much. So much. Well, Bun Bun was helpful. I just want to call Lucy Bun Bun because he needs a way cuter name than Lucy. Lucy may stand for Lucifer or something else. I don't know yet, but Lucy does not fit for me. Like this name does not work. I want something else. Completely. So I'm just going to call him Bun Bun because I think it's adorable. Uh, there's a anime movie called Howl's Moving Castle. 
and there is a fire demon in that named Calcifer. He, in the American version, is voiced by Billy Crystal. So he kind of does a lot of the same stuff as as Lucy, but he just stays put and is in charge of Howl's fire, basically. Okay. And for some reason, the imagery of like when when they're on the run and Lucy like makes the campfire and, and sits he lays and hangs, in it. it reminds me of this other other creature, this other guy. So, well, what did you think, Jack? Did you think Lucy was a fitting name for for the little guy? No. No? What would you have named him instead? Well, something more demonic, like Wretched. Ooh, Wretched? Little Wretch? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. The big question, obviously, is who are these two people that are... They, they have an establishing shot where the buildings look completely different. Yeah, they kind of reminded me of, would you say, like, maybe even... I was kind of going with, like, India or almost like a temple looking. Maybe, maybe um, Asian inspired yeah it had a yeah. very different look to it where the the where dreamland i think is meant to look like medieval england or something and like, like every that. fairy tale you've ever seen um, the angles and things used in the architecture for this does look i don't know egyptian or something like that yeah you know? and i'm going with more of like an asian flair where i thought it just had this like really I don't know. And like a temple also like kind of comes to mind. I don't know. All these weird words. But so there's two people, man and woman. Uh, man I, might be named something like Lloyd. Or Floyd. Or Floyd. I thought. Well, And they're always like looking over this cauldron, right, Jack? And they're like looking into the flame. Yeah. I thought it was interesting how they were looking into the flame and the flame was almost like it, they were watching TV. Yes. And well, when it goes, when they go to sleep and it goes to and it static. just goes to static. Yeah. yeah. Like, I thought that was funny how it was like treated like it was just like a, a way to entertain themselves. But they sent Lucy to bind to Bean because they want to send her down a dark path. Yeah. I mean, they use the phrase demonic binding mm -hmm. and that he was like an, an emissary. So they have some kind of dark designs on maybe Bean, maybe Dreamland, maybe her suspected role uh, as monarch in dreamland perhaps uh maybe some control over her through the the demonic possession type stuff yep so despite the fact that i don't like lucy's name i super like the character i like this little tiny thing who's like a cat half rat kind of thing who's like smoking and like constantly being like do it do it do it like i think all of that cracks me up. The bad angel on your shoulder. To I extent, mean, all he, of it makes me laugh. He reminded me a little bit of uh, Mr. Burns with his hands out in front of him like that. Oh, Mr. Okay, Burns yeah. walks and he has that kind of bob to his hands when he walks. Yeah. And and you notice the same thing. Uh, not that it was Mr. Burns, just something that, that you notice his little hands just flop in front oh, of yeah. him when he walks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so when I thought... I saw that. I was like, Mr. Burns is the same thing. And I, I liked a lot of the, the right away interaction with him about like the what why I stopped you from talking about the wedding is because, you know, um, Zog comes in to say like it's time to get going. And Lucy says something. And he goes, I'm not here to answer cat questions. <laughs> I like so, like he adds like a, this layer of um, humor that is a very welcome sort of break from the behavior of being that I'm not really keen on. And just her 
very rough exterior of um she's very um what's the word i want to use like like unrefined in a lot of ways including her humor and the way she behaves but lucy is like the total opposite he's like smoking got this like sophisticated way about him that's just like completely different you know that i mm-hmm. and, and then elfo is like this like you know little innocent little thing that's just nothing you know right right lucy is a non-chump amongst chumps oh my god that was so funny that whole thing what did you think about how lucy used the cigarette to to create the shadow and look like a dragon well it was crazy cigarettes weren't invented in medieval times i mean who cares if tobacco was necessary for british people did they have it i don't know did they not have cigarettes back then I think there was always some kind of weed people were smoking. Oh, God. (laughs) Like tobacco. Well, maybe. maybe. I don't know. Well, did you think it was smart, though? See, and then again, that there was something about that. Given that I'm going with this sort of like Asian flair of like where Lucy may have come from, right? Um, The idea of like shadow puppetry and like, you know, Japanese. Hmm. Like... Use the use of like shadows and creating like that kind of thing. I don't know. Like to me, there was something like just interesting about the way that Lucy used that. Well, and what, yeah, what makes that makes make a lot of sense is that the fact that he, no matter what angle he faces, he only has the one big eye, which if you're making a shadow puppet, you can really only manage one eye, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So maybe, I don't know. maybe you're onto something there. I don't know. I just, there was something about it. I mean, of course, the way that they kind of dress Floyd and the woman, they're both dressed in different, but both sort of what I would consider like cult is maybe too strong of a word, but he's almost wearing like a Shriner's hat with that has like longer sides on it. A little bit Egyptian, like you were saying, like sort of a chic-ish mm-hmm. kind of looking thing. And then she's definitely got like a veil again, sort of that. I'm not sure, you know, where we are, but definitely exotic looking. So who knows what those are? And like, I'm guessing that those two are, again, part of this larger, way larger picture of like what is like going across all the parts of this story. I know that Groening and Weinstein were both uh, ecstatic about the, uh, the idea of being able to present a serialized story as opposed to just loosely connected season-long episodes. I I think that that is a huge difference between this and The Simpsons, right? Like, Bart never grows up, right, Jack? Right. But, like, with Bean, she's, like, growing and changing, right? Right. So then that's really, really different. And, like, every episode, the kids are still the same age, and they're still, like, Maggie doesn't get any bigger, and nobody shows any growth, right? We just sort of restart right at the very beginning every time. Of course. Do you prefer the show like that where they just keep everybody the same age and stuff? Or do you like this, that they're doing one where a character can actually grow and change over time? Like at the end, Bean should be older and different than where we start her. Growing up. I like both kinds. I like I like The Simpsons in that, you know, there's whatever, 700 episodes or however many there are now. And I can just go to Hulu or FXX or whatever and just pick any single one and it and with only a few exceptions, it doesn't matter what has come before. I will be able to watch it. And that's handy for things like folding the laundry, you know, but, <laughs> right. but um, by, and, by and large, I, I engage with serialized stuff 
most of the time. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, especially like for us, like talking about stuff, I mean, we like our, our characters to grow and change, right? Mm-hmm. Like we like them to have adventures, but things need to like affect them and like move them on. But I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like I love to drop in on a singular, you know, flea market swap kind of thing, right? <laughs> flea market find where like this is all just encapsulated in one episode, mm-hmm. right? We're just going to go. I don't care. Those people, I never have to remember their names again. It has nothing to do with the next episode. You know, I love that yeah. too. Yeah. So now can we zap over to the wedding? We can. Let's talk about it quickly here. Okay. Princess Giesbert doesn't work out. So we got to pop in Prince Merkimer, who I think, since he has a higher profile voice in Matt Berry, who I know and love from both uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place and the IT crowd um, as his as his voice actor. I think Merkimer's probably here for several episodes. Okay. Uh, in the first three, he's in the first two, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. When he is established as a character unto himself, like as opposed to a lot of the other characters who are just sort of like, even if they're in the show, they're just sort of like the same old one. Like he actually has like a lot to say in Adventures Unto Himself, you know? And it's weird. I mean, he's even though he's the younger prince, and I guess that's the deal with these arranged marriages, you need to set up heirs to the throne right. for it to matter. But the <laughs> he's... uh he was he was always at least a, a more interesting catch than than the Oh other my guy. god. What did you think about that first prince, Jack, when he came up and he's like Bleh. I mean, he sounds like Ralph the Guard from Animaniacs, but more British. Oh, okay. Okay. I would have never made that connection. I also think he kind of was a little Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> more Ralph <laughs> Wiggum. Yes. So, uh, all right. So it, she does end up leaving the wedding, right? Are we done with the wedding? Did you want to well, talk more about the wedding? Elfo shows up and throws the whole thing to disarray. What do we think about this magic elf blood, y'all? I mean, what is up with that? And then I... we forever are milking him of blood. What did you think of that? I think that magician is... Uh, that magician. Is a, is I don't think he's shyster. supposed to be a magician, Paul. I think he's supposed to be like a sorcerer or something. Something, you know? yeah. Well, or... I mean, back then they would have had like a medicine man, right? Kind of feel to him. Following like potions. Following the Game of Thrones um, design, he would be what they call a maester, which is just somebody that knows science and no one else does so it makes him sort of like a sorcerer i mean i loved it when they showed him with this card trick (laughs) yes well that whole scene though uh the the money in game of thrones is named after kind of whoever is in charge so the biggest money is is uh gold dragons because for a long time uh, daenerys's family was in charge and that money just kind of stuck but then the the king that we meet at the beginning of Game of Thrones, he's in charge and his family crest is stags, like, you know, tough deer. And so the next rung down is silver stags, right? So Zog offers a gold Zog for Elfo's capture. Did you see his face on the yeah on the coin? He's like making this face like. So that reminds that was another little G.O.T. connection to me there. How'd you like when the uh, the the joke with the mysterious pair and they go, (laughs) they've been joined by a tiny dork. (laughs) I just like the word dork, I guess. (laughs) It's it's funny all by itself. You're so funny. They've been joined by a tiny dork. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, I totally enjoyed the entire part when the religious figure was up front trying to explain loosely oh, yes. religion and her being like, if I just speak with confidence, you'll listen to me. You know, like the whole part where she was loosely trying to be like the invisible God who we don't know if they even has the capacity to watch over us or whatever. Like all of that was like, well, file that. I see what you're doing there. File that under. We've heard that in the Simpsons for oh, sure. A million times. Yes. A hundred. But times. it seemed like they were able to turn that screw another, you know, half turn as compared to the Simpsons a little bit. Yeah, you know? I agree. So in the same way that, that, you know, we think the language and even like the way that they drew, like say Kissy being on top of Elfo and stuff was a lot more gratuitous than we normally see anyone in, you know, Simpsons. Um, no, I mean, like on Futurama, I mean, the women are drawn a little bit more saucy, a little more like Kissy, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's like we took a little a little bit more from that, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I think across the board they did it, you know, with all kinds of things, including the religious jokes. Mm -hmm. So the the runaway group, right? They finally get out of there, and Elfo, Lucy, and Bean take off, and they head into that enchanted forest. What were they supposed to be aware of, Jack? Racist antelope. Racist antelope. <laughs> you had to read the sign if you wanted to catch that joke. What do you think of that? I don't know, that antelope was kind of hurtful to that elf and the girl. Yeah, he like spit on them, right? He was like, it ain't right. And he like spit at them. Yeah. Yeah, I would think if you didn't read the sign and you just saw that antelope come along and spit on them and say that, you'd be like, what was that? Right? You would. <laughs> you'd be like, I don't understand. But we had seen the sign for the racist antelope, so that, that joke actually paid out, paid out pretty quick. Yes, it did. So they, they meet this girl fairy. She was like a really oh, old yeah. version of who? Or Tinkerbell, I think. Kind of Tinkerbell. Yeah. She looked like a like a washed up Tinkerbell. Of course. Yeah. Washed up is is like... Um, yeah, a nice way to say right, it. Right. A super who, nice way to say it. What did you think she was supposed to be, Jack? Okay. Uh, an old fairy. An old fairy. That seems right. That is also a nice way <laughs> to to say it. She's, but she, she was a working fairy. She's working. She's still at work currently. She's actively at work. Uh, and she is not very well informed about other mystical beings. Okay. In the world. So do you think that they found the wrong person? Or do you think, so do you guys think that the wishmaster exists, Jack? Do you think that, that a wishmaster exists that the fairy told them to find? Yes, a mm. wishmaster exists or. No, he didn't ever exist. Well, he could exist, but the Washmaster, yeah, if you count that, no. Okay, so they accidentally found the Washmaster. So my question is, did the fairy get it wrong, or did they just find the wrong guy? Found the wrong guy. Okay, Paul, do you think the Wishmaster exists, or did they just find the wrong guy? I think they found the... I think... I, th I think... The fairy didn't know what she was talking about. So the wash master was always the thing. Yes. I think I'm going to go with Jack and say that I, I think in this world, a wish master makes complete sense that a wish master would exist. And I think that that the way that they do want to be serialized and they have that as like a yay and they're kind of chomping at the bit. It would make sense to me that they would land it so early that there was a wish master and have it not play out and not, and not munch in him for several episodes, you know. And have it play out later, you know, mm -hmm. all uh, uh, it reminds me of Spaceballs, Jack, with um, when it's like the Yoda parody. Yeah. Yogurt. Yogurt. It kind of reminds me like they're going to find him at the end. 
like they kind of did where he was just like, ooh, talking to them. <laughs> right. I think it could be like that. Use the Schwartz. Right? Spaceballs yeah. is one of your favorite, huh? Yep. Seen it since 2013, I think. Yeah, that was your first go? Years. Did you guys catch that the Washmaster totally made like a washing machine sound? He was like... Yes. Definitely sounds like an Urshak, monk-like character from the Dark Crystal. Remind me where we saw them in the Dark Crystal. Well, we saw that the movies. No, no, no. I mean, like, where were the, what were they called? Urshak. Where were the Urshak? Well, they were with this Gelfing. They were on their way to the castle to combine with the Skeksis. Oh, uh, and did they make that sound? They did. Well, yes. So? They sang like that. Ah, nice tie-in, Jack. Yes. I love it. All right, so we're going to zoom into episode two unless you guys have other things to say about episode one. What nope. do you guys think as a whole for episode one? Thumbs up, thumbs to the side, thumbs down. What do you think? Uh, thumbs to the s- thumbs up for Elfo's assertiveness. Okay, you, you really liked it because you felt Elfo brought it through? Yes. Okay, Paul? Thumbs to the side, uh, mostly um, carrying forward because I do have faith in Matt Groening. I mean... The very first Simpsons episode wasn't exactly like a home run. Right, right. And and felt uh, very primitive and like things hadn't been fully resolved. And this felt like a, yeah, this was like just a, I didn't have the whole story here and, and, and I wanted to know more. And they, what they, what they gave me, some, there were enough singles and doubles, let's just say with some of those jokes with like. Like the, when she takes off her shirt and he says, I'll chop off the head of anyone that looks at her. And then the guy walks in and says, boy, did I look at her? <laughs> See, okay. Now, I, I thought that joke was funny. I, it was a funny joke. And you could, could probably almost tell it at a bar as a joke. You know, you could be like a king was in a castle. You know, you could probably set it up. But but again, like, doesn't that seem like a, a joke you would have made 10 years ago, but maybe not right now that it's a little bit. Uh, tone deaf to our current situation i don't know what you do with with i mean so for now for the end of time jokes about about boobs are just like boobs are... are just off the table i don't know i, I think that i think overcompensating to 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 this kind of uh bland pablum society <laughs> is not the way to go i don't want that either don't get me wrong and you guys know i mean anyone who knows us at, or listens to us on radio like i will laugh at a good dirty joke like i will laugh okay like i'm definitely not the girl who's gonna be like oh i never i just i i wonder in in a first episode of a brand new series if you can get away with that it or wasn't if you, commentary on her body it, it was, was just that he it looked. was just saying that he looked yeah so yeah, there's, I don't think I don't think so. Okay, well, I'm going to give this episode also a thumb to the side in that I really did like some of it. I really liked Elfo. I really liked Lucy. Um, I thought that we got a lot really in, a, in the first episode. I mean, there was a lot. I understood a lot about the kingdom. I understood there was an elm. I understood their world with gnomes and ogres and you know the fact that they needed to marry kingdoms. Like, I mean, a lot of problems were set up. For me, mm-hmm. that was fast. You know, we've seen a lot of pilot episodes where not much happens. Right. And yeah. we don't really even know where we're going yet with this group. And we don't really know the characters. I think we got a lot of info. I'm just not sure if I like all the info I got. So that's where my thumbs to the side. It's definitely room to move up. 
So let's move into the second episode called For Whom the Pig Oinks. Jack, what's that in reference to? From whom the bell tolls. Who does the bell toll for? For people who are dead. Yeah, it's you ring it when someone's dead, right? Right. But in this case, it has to do with our prince, huh? I kind of wonder if it's a Metallica reference also. Let's hear it. Well, because I can't remember if it's the first uh, wedding ceremony or the second wedding ceremony when um, they describe the prince as the slayer of Metallica. Uh-huh. So it's kind of weird, you know, that they mention it like that. And then they got the For Whom the Pig Oaks. Because that's one of Metallica's first well-known songs. Is Absolutely. For, for Whom the Bell Tolls. And it tolls for thee, Paul. For thee. You were mentioning uh, while we were watching the show how much you enjoyed the music. So I thought I would look it up. I really did. I really liked the the way that they were. um, I can't even just what was a good descriptor of it. Can you? Well, it's very bombastic sounding like it sounds like everyone's blowing their horns as 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 loudly as they can while they play. So it's kind of got that oompa band feeling but it's played much faster than an oompa band you know what i mean yeah i like it i think it's like catchy what do you think jack do you like the background the song like you know when they transition between like when they're going back to the castle and coming to different areas yes you like it yes especially when the walruses sing like cyruses i mean they're like the signs from ice age continental drift but more monstrous uh-huh so got, they're not they don't sing like cyruses, they sing like a siren song. I know, siren. Yeah. So the guy who writes the music, his name is Mark Mothersbaugh. And he Mothersbaugh. was Mothersbaugh. How Mothersbaugh. Unusual. And he was in Devo. Remember Devo? Yeah, I remember Devo. And since Devo. What is it? You've got to what? Crack that whip. You've got to whip it. Yeah. Whip it good. So he has done an amazing amount of work. He did Pee-wee's Playhouse. Uh, Rugrats, Clifford the Big Red Dog, let's see, Disenchantment, uh, Ice Age, The Great Eggscapade, Last Man on Earth, uh, tons of movies like Happy Gilmore, Rushmore, Rugrats movie, um, and even other stuff more recent than that, Lego movie, uh, Pee-wee's Big Holiday. So yeah, this guy is a major, major composer. So it's... It's, it's uh <laughs> makes sense <laughs> that, that that the music is so well done because they picked a guy they picked a ringer let's just say Ooh, I totally like that dun, 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 dun. makes me feel like we're like running right yeah I like it kind of fun too like a party music i put this on in the background of a party <laughs> he also I did the music it for sounds uh, like old but it also sounds like fun and new he also did hotel transylvania two and three um uh, probably one also if i <laughs> look on here it's not all in one place here well so totally love the music and i think it brings like another little like layer of like character to the show which i feel like a lot of shows now like you can't just have good characters and good plot you gotta have like great scenery you gotta have great music you gotta have like multi-meaning titles like there's a lot of rules now to really bring it if you want it to be a good show yeah is disenchantment a good show 
Well, we'll find out. <laughs> We're still learning. So the Prince brings her back, right? Right. You're right. He, and uh, it brings everybody back. And it's, isn't, it, isn't it weird how um, how they treat Elfo? And Elfo is just like, he's cool with it. And and his Elfo's friends are like, well, there's nothing we can do in terms of like, you know, the, the captivity and the little experiments that they do on Elfo. Right. I mean, like the, the way he kind of rolls out of the bag, I think that he's just sort of like, he reminds me of like a popple. You guys remember popple? Sure, sure. They could roll into balls and then unball themselves. <laughs> that was their <laughs> trick. They balled up and they unballed. Yeah. Well, but I don't think that it's like scary or bad to him because he's never experienced anything before. So he doesn't have any like expectations that something bad's going to happen to him. So he's not scared or anything, you know? He just, he's kind of like going about his life, you know? Just like, oh, another right. new curious thing. Like how he was at the humble home. He was yes. like, this is the best food ever. And they're like, this is just plain gruel or whatever. I could see that. I could go along with that. But the, but the, but uh, Bean and, well, Lucy probably wouldn't help anybody, but Bean should know better that, that her friend's in captivity. But this is one of the qualities about Bean. That's like, I don't know. Does she ever really act like Elfo's her quote unquote friend? You know, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, she has kind of a, a personality that it's like, she looks out for herself and that's mm -hmm. about it. And I mean, that's how she treats them, you know, all the time, even when they're doing various chases and, you know, she's like, uh, it's great that you're like tagging along. But, you know, like she never really treats him like, you know. Yeah. Well, that, that, that particular scene could have gone either way in the first episode where she could have been like, so we're going to go. But instead, she gave him a piggyback. Yeah. So, she said, can I just carry you? Yeah. So that, yeah. So she's she's kind of, you know, she's a little bit of a funny duck. She doesn't fit a specific mold, which is interesting. Gives her some dimension as a character that she doesn't just easily fit any, you know, certain archetype you know she's definitely not just like oh you're my best friend now forever and ever you know she's definitely got a little bit of edge to her the idea with her is that she's supposed to be well all three of them actually you're supposed to be coming of age type characters mm -hmm. like that's the stage of their their life so they're not <laughs> so they can still be kind of crummy um, you know, because they haven't got it all figured out yet. Yeah. I mean, they talk about that, Jack, like how Bean's really just like a teenager. Right. Do you think you'd be ready to get married if like now? No, because it's not legal to marry as a teenager. That's there's that too. But would you even be ready? Like if we were like, Jack, are you ready to like get a full time job and have a wife and kids and everything? Do you feel remotely ready? Uh, no. So you can understand Bean's situation, right? She doesn't want to try to be a wife right now, right? She just wants to play with her friends. Right. And that's why she comes up with the plot to get rid of Merkimer. How do you like that name, Merkimer? It's so weird. It seems like it's like eight names put together. It's very Mordmer, and then, which is, you know, very in, in Mickey part, Mouse. Herkimer. Herkimer. <laughs> which is a real name, but... Man, that's a tough name. I, I, it's all weird. We've talked about, I feel like they, they had a little bit of a, um, like they threw all the names in a hopper and then like pieced together letters and stuff for this show. A lot of the names are pretty like, okay. I, I was just going through my transcription of Disenchantment yeah. today from San Diego Comic-Con and yeah. lots of the characters don't have names that they actually, that actually have screen time. Huh. And, and then the ones that do, yeah, like the magician guy. His right. name is Sorcerio. But see, like, so, okay, so then Bean, it seems like a lot of thought went into her name. And, like, Bean was sort of, like, a, a decided, like, not only just a nickname, but, like, it was, like, short. And, like, I feel like someone had that in their thoughts for 20 years, that they were going to make a Princess Bean, okay? 
But then, like, you have Elfo, and that just seems like you just decided that yesterday. Like, I don't know. It's funny. Some are very clever or interesting, and then some are like, I don't even get it. Well, let me spin your world upside down. Oh, my God. Uh, the what? show was originally conceived as Elfo's show. And later on, after development, they said, Bean's more interesting as a as a primary character, we should tell the story as Bean's story, but it was originally Elfo. Huh. Do you think it would have been a better story, Jack, if it was all from Elfo's point of view, or do you like it that it's more told, more told from Bean's point of view? Like Bean. Well, Elfo's life sucked at the candy factory. True. And all the elves are jerks to him, except Kissy. True. Bean's more actually interesting to watch. Okay. All right, so what is the big, the big plan, Jack? To get rid of Merkimer. They use mermaids to lure him to death. That This is pretty funny. This is another example of a character who they didn't name. He's, his name is Party Barge Captain. I thought the idea of renting a party barge for a bachelor party was hysterical. That whole thing. I mean, of course, people do that now. So it was like super funny to try to explain it. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the proximity of Walrus Island and... Mermaid, Mermaid Island. Island being like right next to each other. And then the, then the idea that you have to tie the men because they're so driven by lust. Tempted. To the masts and, and poles and things on the ship. That's pretty funny. The whole thing. I liked it so much. The captain was like, well, we only lost one man. He's like, that's pretty good. <laughs> right. He was totally happy with that. Right. There was Acceptable a lot of, losses. There's a lot of little scenes like up, up before that, that like cracked me up preparing for this. Like even when, um, like when Bean was trying to get ready for the wedding before they ran away. Right. And she was like taking a shower or whatever. And Elfo was kind of peeping on her. And Lucy's like, I'm still naked. You don't know it. But now you can't unknow it. <laughs> Like, Lucy is, like, super funny. Again, not loving the name. I talked with our friend Mike, and I think Beazel would have been totally a great name. Or Bub. I like either of those. If you want to also flip your brain out. Yeah, I want to flip my brain out. Do you want to? Let me just yes. confirm something right quick. Okay, so do you remember the guy that played Deke on um, Two Broke Girls? He... It's African American. He had, he was, I think, he was in the cooking portion with Cat uh, Dennings's character. He went to like cooking school with her. Okay. Um, he plays Lucy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Because uh, he doesn't sound like that in in Two Broke Girls, but I mean, this he's he. I mean, it's it's. I didn't picture him as that voice, and so you know what? I felt like I should have known all of their voices, and yet I don't feel like I know any of their voices. Like they all sounded sort of familiar. Like I've heard this voice before, but I couldn't place anybody. Like definitely, Elfo's voice sounds like somebody I should have known before. Let's see. Elfo is someone you don't know. His name is Nat Faxon. I know, but doesn't it sound familiar? Uh, he works with Seth MacFarlane quite a bit. He he's, was on American Dad for several episodes. He was on The Cleveland Show for several episodes. Uh, Abby Jacobson plays Bean. Yeah, but I don't know her either. She does a lot of voice acting too. She's in BoJack Horseman. What, what Grady said though. was that when she came in, it was like they knew they had their Bean. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, like like Bean was sort of fuzzy, then they brought her in, then they then they solidified what Bean meant to them. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Did he say anything about Bean's name? No. 
It was, he didn't elaborate that it was any What's different. What's her full than name, Bean. Jack? Tia Beanie. Tia Beanie. Tia Beanie. What a funny little name, huh? Yes. See, I think it's such a cute name. It's it's more charming than Bean, I suppose. No, I think it's more charming than Lucy. Lucy's so ordinary for such a for everybody else's name to be so weird. And I know I get it. I get it. That's like the demon and Lucifer and blah blah blah. But that's the funny thing. Like they didn't elaborate on that aspect of the characters, uh, the naming. Like, you ever notice that the king has these little guys that that carry around his cape? Okay. Their names are Vip and Vap. <laughs> okay. That's it. No more story to it than that. That's, that's like funny that they have names and then other characters who have speaking parts and stuff don't. Like, like party barge captain, right? Yeah, and he had like a lot. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so meanwhile, while they're going on the party barge, what's going on with Elfo, Jack? They're using his blood for magical elixir of life. Oh, so they're draining him, right? Right. And what are they trying to figure out? Whether it's magic or not. Nice. And that sorcerer guy. Sorcerio. Sorcerio is is really kind of like not figuring anything out. He just is like comes up with this idea that he just needs like a lot more blood, right? I kind of think he's, he's yeah. a hack, don't you? I just think that it's so early. I mean, like they said... With the religious side, like, this is the beginning of religion, blah, 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 blah. And I think this is just so early in, like, he's calling it magic, but, I mean, science and medicine and stuff, you know, that it's just, they just don't have any idea what to do. So they're just doing all kinds of kooky stuff. Like, like Jack pointed out, why did he have carrots with eyes? What was that about? <laughs> why did the king eat them? <laughs> I don't know. Those carrots, I mean, they're kind of a reference to sausage party if the king noticed that they were alive. Oh, yeah. Like a live food. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. They're never going to be able to get enough blood, right, Jack? Right. They used a pig for 80% of the blood. And later this morning, it flooded the room. I mean, the blood was showing all over the floor out of the beaker with the pig headed behind a curtain. That was so gruesome, right? Yeah. Real cruel. They get back from the party barge, right, right. Dan? Yeah. And meanwhile, Merkimer has totally gone off with the walrus colony. Apparently had a very salacious time. Right. It, I don't even have any like, idea what happened with the walruses exactly. It's it's like what what is what is up with this guy? Like did he not no, once he got within range that, that he was not dealing with, with mermaids anymore. I think that we were supposed to think that the that the song was so like just mesmerizing. Hmm. Yes. Just mesmerizing. Merkimer. <clears throat> I have questions about Merkimer. Well, what kind of questions? Well, I mean, just like there's still walruses, dude. <laughs> there's i mean come on now so do you think that Merkimer's like i mean they showed or you know when she was like getting in the bathtub and stuff that like there was like two men in another bathtub next to her like do you think that this was supposed to be like eh, it was a crazy time sometimes you're with walruses sometimes you're with yeah whomever you know right, just that bath little... scene but yeah yeah like maybe we were supposed to be a little bit like hmm i guess there's a lot of exploration during this time yes well, that, I mean, yes. Okay. How shocked were you when Merkimer comes in, Jack, and decides he needs to drink the elf's blood? And instead, what happens? He turns into a pig thanks to the pig blood combining with the magic blood. Which that was like crazy, right? So it was crazy that he turned into a pig. But then what was even crazier about the pig? The pig that was in behind the curtain turned into a Merkimer. Now, that is just like crazy to me because why would... Why would him drinking the blood 
I could get that it would turn him into a pig. Okay, I could go with that. But why would it affect the pig that the blood was drawn from? What's even the connection? It's perverted elven magic. I mean, (laughs) you know, he's dabbling with powers he doesn't understand. Isn't that fair to to say? Yeah, it was like a Freaky Friday thing. I feel like they should have looked at each other like oink, oink, and then like swapped spots. Because it wasn't really, I mean, he wasn't anywhere near it. And just drinking its blood doesn't seem like it would affect it. Spoiler alert, I, according to the producers, the naked Merkimer human just escapes out into the forest and, and is and is just missing an action. At, at oh, that point. my God. Jack, do you think the naked Merkimer in the woods is going to come back in a later episode? Yes. I believe it will. Won't that be crazy? Right. Like the racist antelopes? <laughs> Maybe that's how the forest gets uh, populated Populated with these weird creatures. Uh, maybe, yeah. Maybe the antelope was really a racist person. Right. And, and there was an Somehow they drank antelope, antelope blood, blood and then swippity-swappity. Yeah. That makes good sense. I like that. So, I mean, obviously, thankfully, the king... Gets his brain back in order, right? And decides that no way is going to make Bean marry a pig, right? Right. Thank God. Do you think that he should have married her off to a pig? No. I think he was... <laughs> I think Zog is the kind of guy that really struggled with that decision. You know what I mean? Because this alliance with the wealthier um, kingdom was something he really, really wanted. Right. And, well, and, and he something- went through a lot to make to it get happen. there, right. And we were just talking about this. My parents just got back from Europe and we were just talking about this, about how like the there's like the one queen who is called the mother-in-law of all of Europe because basically she had like 13 children and she married them all off to the heads of other countries. And so the big deal with that is that a lot of like wars were actually stopped because everyone had like a blood relation in the mix. Mm. So then it actually created like a lot of stability for Europe itself because a lot of people were blood related. So it's it's beyond just like helping like uh this weak kingdom it it creates stability between all the lands because then you don't have a really weak one and a really poor one you kind of everybody kind of is raised up by this like blood relation part and everyone sort of looks out for each other then so it makes good sense right i mean it's not just greedy it's to try to help his people to be more stable bean just doesn't have that perspective well she's very young i mean i i feel like that is a little lost in the way that they animate her and stuff because she actually looks really similar to me as the girl from um is it leela leela from futurama okay she's a lot of her characteristics and so to that end like even when they put her in the corset and stuff she doesn't look like a little girl she, they don't they're not making her look like a 12 year old or something do you know what i mean right and so to that yeah. end it's like I want to say she's just a teenager. She's just very young. But then they don't really, I mean, they animate her just the same as all the adult women. So it's a little like, I I don't know how well you could do because the animation's kind of, I don't want to say crude. That's not the right word. But it's not overly detailed with like who's old and who's young and have any kind of characteristics. So I don't know how you portray her being younger, except for just her antics, you know? I mean, they they, they do a few things. I mean, in terms of, what they could do if it was modern day, you know, just the how conservative the clothing are or or uh, hairstyle or that mm-hmm. kind of thing that usually denotes. But like when age. they put her in the corset, like she had big boobs and everything like that. Like they weren't trying to make her like prepubescent or anything like that. They weren't trying to make her nope. look young or yeah. whatever. And she obviously knew the ways of the mermaid island. She wasn't ignorant to any of this stuff, you know. Yeah. I don't know how old she was really supposed to be. 19 or 20. Oh, well, why are they making like, oh, she's just a teenager. Like she's like 12. 
I was 20 when we got married. <laughs> that's, that's not true, internet. She was 21. <laughs> I think maybe her idea, the, the idea with her is that she's been, I mean, I think the years when her mother was alive were probably very happy and, and, and bubbly, you know? Uh-huh. And then the years with Una, it's not that Una's a bad stepmother. It's just she's not her mom. What's up with Una, Jack? What do you think? What is she? Well, she could be like a vampire because of her accent, but she could also be a reptile. Mm. That's funny you say that. The creators describe her as something that's part amphibian or part reptile. They don't really know because some in some episodes she has reptile characteristics and some episodes she has amphibian characteristics well i get i think those things that come out of her neck i mean that's much more like amphibian mm. but then her didn't she sort of has like how she like spit like um uses her tongue to catch flies and stuff that's obviously more like reptile yeah huh. right you're right but frogs are amphibians so they also catch flies with their tongues whoa good call lope so maybe she's part frog yeah, but I bet we see her in some up- she have multiple things, legs? swimming or something. Yeah, yeah. She has multiple legs, right? I think she does. I think she does. Kind of like tentacles. Kind of squiddy. Yeah, or octopus. Down below. Yeah. yeah, squiddy down below. Oh, my God. Okay, so does that pretty much wrap it up? We end up with the with the king calling off the wedding, and, the, and then we have the king's fight. Which is <laughs> funny. Cause what do you think of the king's fighting, Jack, when they took off their shirts? <laughs> People were chanting for a king fight. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like the idea that like the heads of the country would just like take their shirt off with their nips hanging out. Hey man, punch that, each other. That'd be a lot easier than than the alternative, <laughs> right? Sometimes I wish we would just come down to fist fighting. Right, I mean, that would settle things. Things would get done. I mean, there'd be decisive, you know, movement. Okay, so then that pretty much wraps up episode two. How'd you guys feel about episode two? Thumbs up, thumbs to the side, thumbs down. If I remember correctly, I was a thumb to the side. Dad was a thumb to the side. And Jack was for, like, thumbs up, I believe. For episode one. How do you guys feel about episode two? Thumbs up for the king fight and the defeat of Murkomer. Oh, I love that. Dad? I'm turning my thumb further up. I don't think it's all the way up, but I think it's moving up um, just based on, you know, the episodic nature of these two stories or this one story over two episodes. I don't know, just sort of the uh, the the brazen weirdness and, and audaciousness of, you know, the the the, the walrus island and <laughs> and uh, the naked pig man and stuff like that. That's just, you know, you don't I haven't seen that somewhere else. So that's why I watch these things. <laughs> I agree. I agree. They were bringing fresh ideas. I mean, in a world of constant reboots and in a world where they're kind of borrowing the animation from, you know, so much of the other things we've seen, like we talked in episode one, like happy, the happy elves looks awfully like Elfo. And, you know, we have the same overbite thing and everything. It's like so important that we have like super fresh ideas, you know, mm-hmm. getting mashed into this. Yeah. And like some of those things, I, I thought that Lucy got developed more and was funny, you know, doing this was the um, like, no, I, that's the first like one. I said, I really liked her like naked line. I was like, now that I'm now I'm naked, you can't unsee it. Like yeah. that was super funny. I, I liked I always liked the little subtle signs like the little seizures poison shop uh was super funny and here's the sad thing me and you laugh at little little seizures but like jack do you even know little caesars poison yeah but do you know what little caesars is like what do they sell like in our world greek food Mm, see you don't know they used to be a pizza place like domino's and pizza hut and stuff like that there used to be another chain domino's pizza hut or little caesars 
And it was like a little guy in a toga. The trick with Little Caesars was that when you ordered a pizza, it always came as two pizzas. They had this thing that was like two pizzas next to each other. So it was always a lot of pizza. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, is that, but, but so this is really only when we're talking about the audience and who are you trying to hit jokes like that? Like that's a small demographic when like little Caesar's pizza was actually an open store and you can remember, we can remember it. He doesn't know what we're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. or even Seven Eleven. That was another one that pops up that like, that's not that common and certainly isn't everywhere anymore, you know, but right. It is, it is not common for us down in the South. So it's it's interesting how there's like definitely jokes, but it is, it is very not like you're hitting everyone in any way. And it's not like you have to be smart or whatever. It's like where you live, the exact time you were born and like into pop culture, you know, like it's very different. Yeah. Because I would say like Simpsons, a lot of the layered jokes have to do with like, did you read Shakespeare? Do you know all these different um, sort of more esoteric jokes where you can kind of like layer it on, you know? This is even different. This is like pop culture on a different level. Let's move on to episode three. This one was called The Princess of Darkness. Well, you didn't ask, but I give it a three quarter thumbs as well. Okay. Because I like tell those little jokes. All right. All right. Are you ready about Princess of Darkness, Jackie Jack? Yes, I am. All right, let's hear it. Do you remember this one? Okay, it all starts out with the town crier. Man all claiming that, well, it's just overrated, but acceptable is necessary. Yeah, so the town crier was going around and saying it's like four o'clock and all is well. So long as you define well as death, disease, or rampant, and poverty. Remember? Yes. Yes, you're totally right. Mostly the beginning of this episode is is like, Bean and Lucy and Elfo sort of drunk. Well, bonding as as a threesome. They were always kind of on the run um, in the first couple of episodes. And this one, they're just you know the whole marriage th- threat is, seems off the table. Is right. Gone. Yeah. So this one, they run a little more wild. Now, this I'm going to classify as one of the types of episodes from The Simpsons that I don't love. I don't love it when they go down a drug whole because i think that it's funny on some levels but then sometimes it gets like stupid you know because you're just like it's it would be fun if i was drunk or on drugs but since i'm not and i'm watching it it's not as funny you know Mm -hmm. and so it's like i don't love those episodes and that's where they basically go with this episode so i'm giving number three like a you're getting a little the wrong direction for me so they're carousing gets them outside of dreamland because they steal a coach did you, can you believe they did that joyride jack on the coach right Lady i think lingonberries i think yeah remember well they killed lord lingonberry with a drop of elf blood to his forehead that's in, right in the previous episode that's so. right he was the one that they then like just disposed of down the, right there, the shoot to the, the trash pig. Shoot. right yeah gross so in this one they steal her coach and uh, I thought I thought the 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 song the songs the the donkeys with the sirens or oh hee haw I thought that was hilarious and the police horse he had like the candle in his hat <laughs> that was so funny and I thought that that was you know the Simpsons are always totally obsessed with the Kennedys I thought this was a total chapaquitic like they knew uh, she was in there they knew she was dying and they left her I thought that was total chapaquitic. Interesting call there. Nice dig. Well, they always are digging on the Kennedys, no? So many Kennedy jokes in The Simpsons. Right, right. I mean, the, I mean, the whole mayor's based 
on on just a Kennedy, just <laughs> just like a Kennedy. But there's so many, there's so much to it. So, and they left the lady to drown. Jack, that's a thing. There was a Kennedy who drove, got into a car accident. The car went over the bridge, right? Right. Ted got out, the old man, and he knew the lady was still in there. He didn't even tell anybody. He didn't help her, and he didn't tell anybody. He just let her die. Hey, yeah. Yeah. So when this this one, they don't tell anybody that the woman's in the coach and they don't go get help or help her. They just run away. So my notes are a little sketchy here. They get they get back into Dreamland, but so that <laughs> that's a very Simpson-y scene where, where they're like, okay, you gotta swim upstream, because I guess the moat goes right off the the side of the 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 hill there. And Elfo goes, Okay, and then he just goes right over the water. No, he goes, Okay, what's swimming? Right. And then he just jumps in. Well, we did get a little bit more information. This is where we learn about Dagmar, Bean's mom, and what happened to her. She died. She died. And that's when we find out that, you know, the king is having so much trouble with her and has been having trouble. And that we find out that Una does the drugs mm-hmm. and they steal the drugs. So we sort of get like more about her family life, I guess I would say, and like what's going on with all of that. For a twenty year old, this is pretty pretty young for a twenty year old, but but the rest of it is sort of like blatant like rebellion kind of stuff, like stealing the stepmom's drugs and falling in with the bad crowd and then stealing the family jewels and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? that was all crazy. I that was all so crazy. So all right, back up a little bit when they start sure. tripping on the drugs. That band story. <laughs> How it goes from them like starting a band and they're just like clapping and stomping their foot. And then they get all the way back through to the reunion. (laughs) That part was kind of funny. It would be a lot more funny again if you yourself were drunk or on drugs of some sort. Um, And then we get this whole royal tombs. Jack, did you think this gang was a good gang when they met him? Or did you think this was going to be trouble? Well, the gang was a good gang, but the drugs not good. Well, this gang remember that they tricked him with the jewels. So were they a good gang? Well, not anymore. So they did show in that to me that as clever as she was with the men in the tavern playing cards and everything, as clever as she was to get away from them and everything, she okay. didn't She didn't see through this gang situation. She didn't realize they were going to kick the ladder. She didn't realize they didn't really like her or they didn't really want her to be part of the group or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. She thought she was in, you know? Yeah, that's. I think that's part of the part of the trick with her character is that she's got that kind of older teenager uh, confidence, but still uh, the naivete just outweighs it in every way. So what do we think about this whole business about being possessed by a demon? Dad can only figure out that she must be acting out like this because she's possessed by a demon. What do you guys think? Do you think Bean is possessed by a demon? Well, yes. No. It's just the it's it's uh the magician thinks that that might be it because that's just sort of one of the things they that sounds right she's hanging out with a demon but but not not possessed so so does lucy jump down her throat because why i thought it was a sciencey one is when he she jumped down there because he says something like i didn't know a human could do that and i thought she was he was in her mouth at that point and then she's no like, it's during the religious one it's during the, it, I have it in my notes. So he hides inside Bean during the religious exorcism. Okay, so he is hiding from Big Joe. Well, I think, he, yes, because um, in this world, and maybe ours, exorcists can really get rid of demons. Uh-huh. So it's a, it's a threat. It's a definite threat. And you can tell that because the little cut scene to the... <clears throat> 
the mysterious pair watching the whole thing, they're worried too. Yeah, that big Joe's shown up. It's going to really kink their plan, right? Yeah. Chuck, what do you think is the these two people's plan that like are over the cauldron and they're like watching Bean with Lucy? What do you think their plan is for for Bean? Why are they sending this demon to her? Well, that we don't know. We don't. Do you have any ideas? Do you think that they're they're really evil people or do you think that there's something else we're not getting yet? Maybe they're evil people. I'm going to go with evil. Because they they said they need to send Bean down a dark path. I mean, that's not too ambiguous, I don't think. I mean, uh, most cultures would call that bad. Okay, so he successfully does get Lucy sucked out of there and manages to get her in a bottle and then does that hilarious, get plenty of rest and drink water, like they say after every massage. That is so funny. <laughs> Because we never do it. No, I immediately throw out the bottle of water or cup that they give me. I'm always like, don't talk. Don't uh, tell me what to do. <laughs> and right. We never like go straight home to bed or anything no. like that. It's, it's always. Like, leave us alone. Well, we've got the other 16 hours of shit we need to do today. So. <laughs> Thanks for rubbing me down. Let us alone. Stop bossing <laughs> right. me. <laughs> All right. So what did you think about them taking the demons to the volcano? Well, kind of fatal for them. Yeah. Did you think that's how you kill a demon? Throw them in a volcano Mm, i think so it's dramatic is there any other way how else have we ever seen a demon be rid of like ghostbusters they just contain them right there's no good way i guess even when we cross the streams and whatnot right we bring them on in but see volcano doesn't make much sense to me because i i thought that demons were from from hell hell, right so things that are hellishly hot would would uh doesn't would seem to bother not them. be a big deal so right. um maybe I wonder there's why and i don't know maybe that, it sends them back to hell like through the volcano i think that's it i think like when you look at shows Ooh. like um constantine his whole deal is he doesn't he can't like kill demons and stuff but he can send them back to hell and so that's Ooh. what he does so are volcanoes maybe like a porthole to hell Kind of, because they're hot like hell fires. Right? So maybe hell's like spewing up in a volcano. So maybe if he throws them in, in the bottle, maybe the bottle goes down into volcano. Hell. Down into hell? Freaky. I think that's a pretty good theory. You're grinning over there. Because <laughs> it looks like hell. <laughs> hell. Nice. All right. So then there's shenanigans in the volcano, trying to save everybody. And ends up slapping arms and demons get all released. That was pretty funny. That was that was a, that was like a, a Simpson-y kind of slapstick moment when they when when uh, she tosses the sword and it just cuts the dude's arm off. <laughs> you know? well, it was unexpected, right? Right. Did you expect that arm to come flying off? Well, yeah. You did? Like I you're didn't. very good at cartoon guesses. I mean, it's funny because it's like, we need to end this episode. We've only got a couple minutes left to Big Joe's go. only got one arm and everything. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, well, now I feel like these three episodes, we dealt with this arc of the wedding business, like repeatedly, the repeated running away, the bonding of our three little characters, Elfo, Lucy and Bean, and the king basically like backing off a little bit, sort of, you know, and sort yeah. of being like, all right, I can't be like forcing this life on her so much right now. And it seems like we have a brand new threat, like the wedding's off the table, but we've released evil upon the world. 
This is problematic. It reminds me of Ghostbusters. Because when the demon, when the carriage broke, the demons were all released into a big, huge beacon full of demons. Then, it faded to black in the shape of a demon, causing the screen to go fade black. Ooh, I didn't even notice that it went to the shape of a demon. Nice observation, Jack. Our plan is to do four, five, and six. Yes. In our next podcast. Well, so what do we give up three? What do we guys think? Like, were we more yay with this or more like, huh? Or you know, I don't like, I don't have as extensive a notes on this one, but the, I found just like with all the, the previous episodes, I found that I liked the sight gags and the and the minor jokes quite a bit more than than the actual plot. And, and that makes somewhat sense. Uh, going back to that transcription I was reading today, they write the plots that they want to tell, the stories that they want to tell, and then they go back and fill in the jokes. And that makes sense because I feel like, you know, younger people are watching the plot and we're watching all the other stuff. And I thought this one had like going back to the, the braying donkey horses or donkey police horses or... Like they're either pol- police donkeys or police horses, <laughs> police not donkeys. both. Um, but uh, and and just all the little all the little things that they that they that they added in this one. Um, I'm going to keep my thumb at, at three quarters up for this one. I agree with you. I would give it three quarters mainly because I would have given it full up because I was really happy to move on from the wedding and the running away and the wedding and the running away yeah, and the wedding and the running tiresome. away. Like yeah. I was kind of like, all right, all right, all right, let's move on from that plot. So I was happy to move away, but I. And I and I even liked the idea that we moved on to this demons being exploded into the world and all that kind of stuff like that all seems cool. But my thumb goes back down a little bit because I'm really I don't like drug episodes. Like I just think they're kind of a cop out. Um, And I just, you know, I I just I feel like it's like an excuse to be. What's the word I want to say? Like. It's, it's an excuse to put in like a nonsensical joke that I feel like you can either work that in like in a different way. I don't like it when I just don't like it. I cannot explain it. I, I think it's a cop out because it's like a way to be like, I have these really super antiquey jokes, but there's no way a normal person in a normal way would say it. So I just have to make them all altered. You're like, um, is that Bogus or, or Bunce or Bean who who uh, criticizes Petey's song in, in Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox? That's just a bad song, Petey. That's, that's, that's lazy, lazy writing. Lazy songwriting. I do feel like it. I, it's like a you're already in a fantasy land, okay? So if you want to make jokes like that between an elf, a demon, and a princess teenager, you don't actually have to make them drunk or on drugs. There are three silly things all by themselves. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're little silly creatures all by themselves. Teenage girls are silly all by themselves. Like you really don't have to create this drug atmosphere layer to go there. You know, that's I don't know. No need. At least not when I was a teenage girl. I was certainly <laughs> silly enough to do that entire band thing unaltered. So, yeah. Jack, what did you think about this one? Well, I kind of give it a thumbs Somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle as well. Tell. Volcano. Oh, you liked or did not like? Didn't like it. Oh, why? I don't know. When the demons doing hell? Hmm. So you felt like it just wasn't a good way to kill a demon? Yeah. That makes sense. Well, we hope you guys will tune in for episodes four, five, and six that will be coming out very soon. Listen to the rest of our shows over on somanyshows.com. And our own website, dailyreview.com. You can also catch us two nights a week, uh, Monday and Wednesdays at 
8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern at the jandmikeshow.com. Uh, and catch us on Twitter, Facebook. Thanks. Catch us on iTunes or your preferred podcast software. Our website, dailyreview.com. That's D-A-L-E-Y review.com. Facebook or Twitter or wherever you find us. Please leave us a comment and a rating to let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for listening, pot people. Thanks for listening to my mom and dad. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Just go home, folks.